Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Vote, 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 vote. Vote, 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 vote. Vote, vote, vote. Vote, 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 vote. Well, joining us today are the usual voters, including Kevin Voting Jager. Hi! <laughs> Kimberly, our voting game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Oh, I'm voting early on Saturday. And with, uh, and with us are two voters who vote. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to voters of the show. Voters, voters of, the show. of the show! Aaron J. Albano and Nikisha Williams! Thank you, Kevin. That was "Let Freedom Ring," baby. Oh, wait. What was our what was our song before? It was like the college years, right? Doc Jams. Yeah. Well, were we in the middle of the episode, Aaron? Yes, the college years. Oh yeah, I forgot. Aaron gets the mute. <laughs> Kevin, are we watching Schoolhouse Rock behind you? We are. You're Kevin, we're on the right? same page because we'll get there. Unlike Aaron, I'm not going to spoil the things that happen in the middle and the end of this podcast. That are um, established segments. Yeah, but that's not when they happen. Right now, we do what are you drinking? What are we drinking? Nikisha, what are you drinking? Uh, so I have been trying to drink that little bottle of Hunch Punch, but it is just like way too strong for me. So <laughs> I just went back to my vodka cranberry standard for today. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, Kevin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, Malbec. Beautiful. Kimberly? Altos? Um, sorry? I have, I said, did your wine say Altos? It does. It says Altos uh, Hormigas. Yeah, I've gotten that one. It's, it's cheap at the Altos? wine store. It's cheap and delicious. Yeah. Of medium range. Um, I have my, I have back to being stocked in apple cider. So I have my Tomcat gin and apple cider. But I did finish my tiny bottle of Hunch Punch and I accidentally made a very strong drink. So I have a sidecar of apple cider to top off. So Bar Hill Gin there, the Tomcat, and uh, I'm drinking some um, uh, Blue Point Mother Pumpkin Ale, a uh, little fall beer, and that's it. That's the only people that are here today. 
Uh-huh. Um, I'll unmute. Aaron got um, unmuted. He, you're unmuted. What, Aaron, what are you? Uh... <laughs> Did you mute yourself? Probably. No, now he's unmuted oh, and not oh just talking. <laughs> this is not ideal for a podcast. Shenanigans. <laughs> um, I am. I mean, we all drink- love Chaplin, but girl, no. <laughs> um, I'm here drinking a Moonlight Mimosa because I have some Prosecco as a thank you from the Cucox people for delivering Cucox. So I decided Wonderful. to drink some Prosecco and I like orange juice. So here we are. But it's Moonlight <laughs> because it's nighttime. Delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's breakfast for cocktails. Perfect. Um, so today we, for, for today, we watched what the constitution means to me. Um, it was written by Heidi Schreck, who also stars in it. Um, and the actual, um, the stage production, um, was directed by Oliver Butler. However, Marielle Heller directed, um, and filmed the live cap. Um, you may know her from the director of such movies as the most recent one was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, she directed. Mm, okay. The movie Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, that was with, um, uh, what's her name? Um, um, uh, why can't I? Melissa McCarthy. That was what she was nominated oh. for um, in 2018. Yeah. And then oh, <laughs> in the- 20. 20- yeah. Like forgeries, the forgeries of letters and things like that. And then uh, she directed The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, she directed episodes of Transparent and Casual, if you've watched those. Um, okay. So she directed this. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, this came out recently on Amazon. It was uh, recorded uh, in New York City when um, when it was on uh, stage um, at the Hayes. Um, it premiered... Uh, uh, March 31st, 2018, I believe it did uh, 183 performances um, and uh, was nominated for, I believe, two Tony Awards, um, actress and play, and then was one of the um, finalists for the Pulitzer. Um, did not win. It lost to a, a book um, called Fairview, I believe. I'll have to double check that. Um, that was about, um, I think it's about a, a, a black family uh, what I read on Wikipedia, I did not see it or read it. Uh, Come on! No, I don't think it. It's actually a. Pl- I think it's actually a play. This is a theater podcast. Damn it, a book. <laughs> so it's actually a play. Alone all day. It's actually. A, so it is a play, you guys. It is a play. Okay. Um, um, I believe it's about a black family, like for Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll read while we're talking. Um, and, uh, the concept is that like four white people are watching them have dinner. Um, I, that's all I can kind of gather from that, but, um, that's what won the Pulitzer, uh, for drama, um, over that. Um, but I guess, um, uh, I, I believe none of us saw this live, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. So we'll s- Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, um, uh, and then it did go on tour. Um, really? Yes, not with her. Um, oh. uh, it, it did go on tour, um, but uh, I just do want to go around, uh, say, um, just say, uh, we'll just start with high level thoughts. What? what is your relationship to the Constitution? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
Let's just go around with high level thoughts. We all didn't see it. We're all upset. We didn't go see it live. Um, but, um, talk about, I mean, even talk about just like high level thoughts and, and, um, your initial, um, viewing experiences. Uh, Nikisha, let's start with you. Uh, okay. So, um, like we said, I didn't see this live, but I didn't even know anything about it in general. So this was interesting to watch. Um, I love that there are so many plays that, um, are being recorded and streamed now so that you can get kind of the full experience. And I really enjoyed, uh, how this was filmed. Um, and nothing was really being taken away from the content of it. Um, we can get further on the detailed list. Um, I enjoyed what it was about, but as far as a high level thought for me, it did not leave me feeling triumphant. Um, it was very hard to get through, to be honest. And uh, as much as it's something that I think a lot of people should go see and it's something great that she is putting into the arts community and to the world in general. Um, for me, it, it just wasn't a pleasant watch, but that's a personal thing because of where we are in the world right now and who I am. Um, so I will say the, the structure of it, the, the content, how she put everything together, her personal relationship and stories with it were wonderful. Everything about it was wonderful. It was just very, very hard to get through because it made me more angry than uh, joyful for change in the future. It just kind of redirected my thoughts to, um, she made a phrase of um, taking, taking steps forward, but then always going back, but you're still kind of going forward just little by little. Um, and it just kind of took me all the way back to, to feeling like, well, what have we done? where are we now? We're definitely in a, a backwards uh, motion right now. And it's just watching this on top of that kind of solidified that for me. So it was just really hard. So sorry to be a sure. Debbie Downer. <laughs> no, okay. Well, before, before we move on to anyone else, I just want to say that um, Fairview um, was a play written by Jackie Sibley's Drury. Um, and it's about summary on Wikipedia says it's a middle-class African-American family preparing for a birthday dinner for their grandmother only to be watched by four white people. So that's as far as that goes. That's what won the Pulitzer. Um, and just to be um, Maria uh, Dizia um, went on tour with it. Um, you've probably seen her in a million things, but um, I just wanted to make sure we got that. Um, Kevin, high level thoughts and watching experience. Um. I thought, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was a really well-constructed play. It had a lot of deep feels. I got like deeply affected a lot more than I expected. I kind of expected it to feel more like a TED Talk. And it felt more like a really, I mean, what it is, a really long monologue. But like, um, I thought she did a great job. I thought she brought up a lot of really great points. Um, I agree with the Keisha to a point where I kind of felt like it wasn't as triumphant as I wanted it to be or felt like I, after like what we're going through right now that I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be this beacon that like I finished watching and was just like, and now I know we're going to be able to fix it. And like, it wasn't that at all. So like, that was really hard to like get to the end and be like, 
oh no wait that's the end but like that's not the fault of the play that's the fault of like where we're at in the world now and what i wanted this play to be um so that's not a criticism on the play as much as it's a criticism because like i had a problem with some of like the tonal shifts in a couple points um but i looking back at it by the end i was like i think it's just because she like she liked to tease so she would like get you to like the edge of like about to say something big and then she'd pull away and then she'd do it again and then she'd come back so like i i think i just kept wanting her to like magically give the answer that would make everything okay and so like by the time the play was over i was like she didn't fix it (laughs) and i didn't get one of those like uh Take home souvenir constitutions. So, like, did what? Like, wish I could get one in the mail. Well, I mean, I can get a pocket constitution, but <laughs> I was like, right. Mail um, everyone who's streaming. Right. <laughs> overall, uh, really well. I I enjoyed it. It was a beautiful theater experience, but it made me feel a lot of feels that I was like, oof, oof. And this is how I'm doing Monday. All right, like. <laughs> Um, Aaron. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was a fantastic piece of theater. It's the first movie that we've watched in this entire series where I felt like I needed, I needed to watch it again because I felt that passionate about it. It was, I'm sad that I didn't, go ahead. Also Descendants too, right? Get out of here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I like because I I think a it was very compelling theater. It's a it's been a while since I've seen some like something that compelling in terms of a just like the structure of the show where I thought it was like the twists and turns that it took and the journey that I went on with her. I thought was very compelling and I was with her the entire time. And then the conventions that then it also takes where like, where like we watch her sort of fall out of love, like her character and her journey through the show falls out of love with the constitution because she, as she grows and as she expands and as we expand with her, we, see how it has failed all of us and see how it has failed the country. But then we take this like detour into this debate, which is crazy town. And I love the thing that I love about it most is that that's where it leads to. And that's where it like sort of leaves that like, what is it like, like, that carrot in the, that, that like it, it leaves it in the air where it's like this can this honestly can go either way and it's up to this like it's almost a there is hope for the future because she she brought out these two teenagers to debate the constitution and they're all very and all both of them all three of them really are super compelling and super strong but there is this sort of there is no resolution because there isn't a resolution and especially watching it now in the middle of the like amy coney barrett hearings 
is wild. It was wild. And I'm my like, because apparently this came out in on off Broadway. It, this came out off Broadway at the New York theater workshop during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. If you read the Ben Brantley review of this, off the off Broadway run of this, it's all like, it's definitely a show that resonates in different ways, depending on the different, like moment in time that you're in. And she, and she highlights that in the opening of it. Yeah. Doing the show in different times means different things, which I thought was fascinating. Um, uh, (laughs) But we'll get, we'll get to me a second. Uh, Kimberly, your thoughts, your feelings, high level. Um, Just high level. Only high level. Yeah. Medium Um, level. Thoughts. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Interesting choice of sleeve length. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, I'm more just reacting now to like Kevin and Nikisha saying it was a difficult watch because, and I don't know if it's because I'm like desensitized because of like Twitter and too many crooked media podcasts at the moment that I really honed in on her personal journey instead of the like overall like humanity's journey with the constitution. Um, And I really, really enjoyed it. Like Aaron, I watched it twice, but I was really more attached to how her relationship with the constitution has changed and how she has become more comfortable talking about why and like attaching a personal meaning to it. Um, as someone who also probably when I was doing speeches at 15 would have had a hard time like putting something personal onto a speech where I would probably like that kind of resonated with me. She was like, I didn't like talking about my personal life when I was 15. And I was like, yeah, I probably also would have been just like, but how do I win it? And also I was also into Salem witch trials and (laughs) all of that stuff. So like from the beginning, I was like, she's me. Uh, And so watching it as more of a personal journey of one person maybe made it not easier to watch because certainly all of the stuff that comes up towards the end was just like, oh crap, this is real and then forces you to think about how it is affecting your life as well. Um, But I think after three weeks of watching movie adaptations of plays, I was mostly just very excited to watch a play. Sure. And I was just like, oh, she is talking in the medium in which this works. And she is writing it in a way in which this works. And she is reacting to an audience. And how wonderful is that? Because I had also just watched um, the West Wing special Mm. where they were in an empty theater. And that added this deeply sad element to that entire production. Sure. I don't know. I really liked it. Although I will say it was one of those things where I watched it again with Jay and I just sat there and looked at him most of the time. Mm. Because um, as he makes fun of me, my favorite thing to do is to watch him watch things. (laughs) That's my nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) People watch like, like the anxiety I would feel for to have someone be looking at me and just like not being like, in the zone with the movie, watching it along with me, not watching me is like a true anxiety inducing nightmare for me. Cool. Don't marry me. <laughs> 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 Check. Check. 
done, done. Um, <laughs> also, every time I bring it up, Jim makes fun of me because he has a trailer react, like he has a reaction YouTube channel. So like other people also enjoy watching him watch things. Um, <laughs> Fair. But I mostly, it wasn't until I was watching it with him that I was just like, oh, maybe he doesn't know some of this stuff that like women go through and we think about <laughs> and like is a thing. And I, so that's more why, like it was a different lens for me to watching it through watching Jay. Um, afterwards, I was just like, maybe, maybe he's never, not, like maybe he doesn't think about this all the time. Where I like think about this all the time and this is a thing that we all know exists. Um, and so I found that an interesting second watch. Cool. I, I, I felt like I learned, I mean, as a male, yeah. I learned a lot from listening to her about like the daily experience of women. Good. Yeah. I, it was a lot of stuff that I mean, I it was really news to me. I don't know if Nikisha, if any of it was news to like, I would imagine <laughs> that we both were just like, this seems pretty typical. And like I, 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 I always feel like I, I, I know of these things, and like I, I understand that they happen and stuff like that. But just like yeah. to hear someone's like brutal account of how they feel like every day, and how like their like series of generations of women and their family have felt, like mm-hmm. that was just like a really intense kind of like great learning moment in that like from all the stuff she was saying. Yeah. Sorry. What. Oh, well, I was just going to add to that because one of the specific moments was when she was talking about she was with a boyfriend or a guy that was her friend mm-hmm. and they had slept together, but she had this silent voice that was like, stay, stay alive. alive. Oh, stay uh-huh. alive, yeah. Stay alive. And it's just like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Every every day, all day, you think about that. You think about your your well-being and how this person who, even though they say that they love you or they say that they care about you or are your your friend or whatever. You just don't know. It could go to the left at any moment and you just have to kind of always be prepared and have that in the back of your mind of like an escape plan. Yeah. Like what can you do? Yeah. I mean, and, and, most, and, and, hmm. I was no, going to agree that that was one of the most like powerful moments for me is because it was like such a small thing and I'm just like, Oh, okay. It's not just me. Like, yeah. Because constantly you're just like, okay, I who's next to me? Who's around? I think this person's nice, but who who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's what was one of the there. There were two parts that, like, especially on on the second watch, I was like, yep, this is still. I know, like, because like whenever I rewatch something, because I usually rewatch something that I really, really, really love. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> first thing I watch is for plot. Second time I watch it for nuance, and like, a watching. Mm-hmm. It's so well done because, A, watching how, on a rewatch, every time she mentions her grandmother, it's like, she, like, gets affected every single time. And you don't understand it the first time, but you, like, every time, like, now that you know, when you know her relationship with her grandmother, you see it, and it's very stark. Um but the two things that like really stuck out, especially the second time, was her explanation of the statistic of that there are more women who are like who are killed in domestic violence than 
all of the all of the everybody in wars, including all wars, including 9-11. But then she goes even further and is like, and that's not even how many women are killed by men. Those are how many women who are killed by men who they who say they love them. Mm-hmm. That was possibly the deepest, like, like, what's it called when like you drops like mic drop your stomach drops? Is that it? Not a mic drop, but like sure. it just like the weight of it like Guilt. hits you. <clears throat> yeah. Wait, it was, Kevin, is it yeah. you who has a term for when like your stomach drops when you're in a car going over a hill? Oh yeah, it's a trickle tickle. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we need to call that that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it was called. Maybe not the best description. Right. Um, you know, when you're driving on hills and like you go up and then you're going down and like you get that weird feeling in your crotch area. And we, as little kids, we call it a trickle tickle. Yeah, like a roller coaster. Like when you're on a roller coaster, like your stomach dropping. And my parents didn't know what to do with that. So they just ignored it. They were just like, oh, okay, whatever that is. Great. Um, <laughs> what, what's interesting is in the world that we're living in today, um, that's more socially conscious than it was like the day before um, or even the month yeah. before or the hour before. It's, it's fascinating from, from my watch is that 90% of the facts and figures, not, I'm talking about like not her personal in, uh, stories, but like the like hard, cold facts from this. I have recently seen in memes on people's Instagrams, their Instagram mm-hmm. stories. So um, what I, in my watch of this, hearing those stats that I already knew from those things, but watching her, her relationship to those facts and, and, and seeing kind of um, while it's just her journey, you know, um, uh, compounding that journey with the journeys of the millions of women um, and, and people who are at a disadvantage because of the constitution um, was, was definitely fascinating on this watch. Um, and uh i mean um uh i i enjoyed this it was it was wonderful um um so i, I that was something that was very interesting and that that would lead that kind of ties in with what kimberly was saying about the facts and what aaron was saying about uh, this play is fascinating because and when you watch it even if you watch it tomorrow versus the day before or november 3rd as opposed to november 2nd or 4th like you're going to have a very different experience, you know, Kavanaugh versus Coney, like you're, you're going to find it very different. Honestly, like just watching this pre RBG and post yes. like that moment where you hear her voice has a very different effect now that she is no longer with us. And also let's raise a glass yeah. to her. I'll also say yeah. it has a different effect when that Here's. specific quote Mm-hmm. Has been shared so many times at this point. Where yeah. probably a year ago, if you're watching this show, you may not have heard that quote. And at this point, like everyone has a T-shirt that says right. Well, well, and what's also crazy that is because I went oh, so also that quote. It's like it's a pickle quote because you're in a pickle now because like yeah, we I would love to see nine women on the Supreme court, but maybe not the type of women that are going to do what uh, right. the one that's being potentially confirmed. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, weird. It, it, like those two things, the context around that quote watching it now was very, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that was a very, um, <laughs> uh, there was an internal well, dilemma. Say, yeah. I would still trust nine women of differing views than nine men of differing views. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. Well, what's interesting yeah. too, cause I, 
I went on a very, I'm still on a very heavy deep dive of all of the press of the show now. <laughs> and, and apparently like during the, um, during the Broadway run, uh, RBG went to go see the show. Sonia Sotomayor and RBG went to go see the show, but RBG went like, it was huge press news when RBG went to go see the show. Sure. And like, again, like they play her quote and the audience erupted and like gave her a standing ovation and like faced her. And what a time to have that, like in her presence, apparently the, cause the, um, the debater that night was not the one in the full movie, but the other, the other debater, Thursday Williams, um, who, uh, if you didn't know the other debater is on quote unquote episode zero. Oh, yeah. Did we um, all watch her? Thursday did we all watch both debates? Oh, so, oh, no. the, so the the full movie has has Rosdelli has Rosdelli doing the debate. If you go back to episode zero, they have Thursday's debate on. Oh, cool! I was going to do that. I didn't. Also I, on and the uh, also on Amazon Prime. Switched. Yeah, it's cool. cool. You get it's to see really Heidi cool. argue the opposite. Well, We'll definitely get into the debates and 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 all of that information. But I actually want to take a stop here. And, and we've been talking about the content of the play. I'd love to talk about, this is a live cap. I'd love to talk about what you thought of the actual presentation of the play um, as it uh, relates to movie. Because we've watched, we, the closest thing to this that we've watched is probably Latin history for morons. Um, in mm. terms of one one person one ish person show, um, a monologue that feels like they're um, improving the whole thing, and it feels um, stream of consciousness, but like it's obviously well written out and all of that um, and structured. So we've seen one of those ish. Um, what were your thoughts in terms of the filming of this, the 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 edits, all of that? So uh, Kevin, let's start with you. Um. I actually think the fact that I didn't even think about it while I was watching it is a testament to how seamless I thought the directing was. I thought this was an amazing capture of making me feel like I was in the theater. And when I didn't, when it was a close up, it felt like a moment that was chosen specifically to close up in order to highlight the intensity of like the emotion that was heightening in that experience. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I thought this was directed really, really well. I was like, I thought Latin history was done as well as also, but I, there were a couple like extra wide shots in that for some reason, but like, I felt like this, this one just like really was a tight, concise, well put forward theater live, live cap. Uh, Nikisha. Yeah. I mean, I felt the same way. I enjoyed um, the pan overs to the audience. Cause I, you feel like you're experiencing it with them, um, seeing their reactions to certain things or like some people who were just so stoic. And I'm like, how can you be stoic about everything that she's talking about right now? Are you crazy? Um, but it was, I thought it was very well done. Uh, like Kevin said, the moments where um, there were zoom in shots of just her, I thought were beautiful. I thought that um, some of the, the lighting cues were great. Like it was just enough to feel like a different space when the tone changed and just having that, um, slight like lighting effect was, was really great. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was very well done. I felt like I was in, in the midst of it with them and it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, Aaron. Um, yeah, I mean, 
co-sign on both, like everybody. Um, one one moment just to piggyback off of um, Nikisha, what Nikisha was saying, um, because yeah, because I also always in one man sh- in one woman one man show one performer shows, um, and especially in stand up shows, I get very critical about how they use the audience and the audience pans. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was literally the first time I feel like those complimented the show rather than like detracted or like it's the worst whenever it's like a stand-up show and it's like the the stand-up is like giving like a risque joke and like like say it's like a like an off-color like like an off-handed like race joke and the audience the camera decides to like go to someone of that race and like oh my god kill me like i hate it i hate it but like mm-hmm. this is the first time where i was like this is used well the one thing that jumps out to me is when she's telling the story about the boy in college that she slept with in the car and the audience the camera pans to this young girl in the audience like a college age girl in the audience who is like going through it and Heidi says like we're still friends to this day Facebook friends and it goes back to the same girl and the tension breaks and she just starts laughing because and it's mm-hmm. it's that kind of like per, permission is that the right word like the tension you, you watch you feel the tension break and you watch the tension break because of a good use of like audience footage yes yeah i thought it was kimberly great. i think I, I think yeah, I agree. I think the show really lends itself to audience cutaways too, because even if it was filmed as a movie, it's presentational. So presumably there is always somebody watching her do this. Um, I also, as someone who likes to watch people watch things, every time they cut to the audience is probably when I would have like been looking around. So like everyone feels the same way. Everyone's feeling it. Okay. <laughs> um, the one thing I will shout out is when um, a lot of times if she was taking a breath to either change or go through something while she was telling a story, they would show the back of her head and the audience. And so you could kind of take in what she was taking in before she chose Mm. to move on. And I really liked all of those shots at like, and that was a second watch thing. Cause obviously the first watch is like, we have a similar hair pattern and interesting. She did it like, um, and the second watch, I was just like, oh, this is very clever that when she's taking a pause and breathing in, you don't need to watch her grow through it. You need to also take a pause and breathe it in. I also um, loved the, the, um, the habitual pans to the man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the, like, like oh. I thought it was really, yeah, so yeah. that's... You're still here? Men are still here? Um, so two things. One, I agree with all of you. I thought it was used really well. I will I will call out I will call out two things. I thought that some audience cutaways um, were clearly not the reaction that was actually supposed to happen. There are some times when people are like... What caught my eye is there's a, there's a scene where she, I forget what she's talking about, but like that was clearly not a time when the audience was react was, was reacting to that moment because somebody like a couple people laughed when it's like serious. Like it just, it didn't feel like right. it was in the, used in the right place. Um, 
I will also say that I this this happens to me in every movie when you shoot someone from behind and they are clearly not saying the thing that is happening. Like when it's like clear that it's a voiceover from a different clip and they do something that like kind of looks good from behind. Like that is always very distracting to me. Um, and it happens all the time in movies. This is not a this thing. I usually yeah. notice that and I didn't notice that here. Oh, when the girl is debating and they're behind them, when Heidi is facing the audience and like her hands are being like extra uh, emotive and like, but like what she's saying isn't, it was like very distracting. And there is, there is definitely for some continuity issues from like a wide pan, like a wide shot to like a close-up shot. I mean, um, and that's in anything. I'm just pointing that out because those things did stand out to me because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about Mike I- Ibsen, who plays the, um, the, the male character, various, I think he's billed as various characters. Um, in the play what did you think of the use of him not only as him telling his story um during that moment to give Heidi a break um but also um just his use and and them calling out the fact that they need positive male energy on the stage um why don't we talk that a little bit of the just just a couple lines here and everyone because we we do have other things to get to um because we could talk about this for hours um um Aaron let's start with you I mean I thought he I mean, I don't really have a lot to say other than, like, it was a nice refresher, both for her and for um, the viewer, just to, like, yeah, to allow her some break. Because it was not like that was a hidden, like, aspect of it, where it's like, <laughs> she needs a break. She's been talking for, like, an hour. Like, let's get, let her get some water. Let's, like, let her sit down for a second. And then, and so they gave, like, him having this time to share his story was beautiful and acknowledging that like his experience is different, but in some ways like the aspects of being a minority in a, in a dangerous and violent corrupt world, though that trauma is still the same. Sure. Nikisha. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's sad to me that she needed him to be positive male energy because if it was just her by herself saying those words, people might take it a different way um, or might perceive it in a different way or might perceive her as being maybe quote unquote aggressive or demeaning towards men, even though she stated multiple times that this was not a bash against men. Um, She's just stating facts and stating her personal experiences. Um, But I think in how she used that was very beautiful. And I wanted to hear actually more of his story when he um, cut off at the end. I was just like, no, wait, wait, wait. I want to hear like a little bit more about your experience. Like, yes, let's connect all these things because I mean, the umbrella of it all really was like the equal rights, like act anyway. So, um, I wanted to hear a little bit more of it, but um, I thought it was a great use and um, added more to the personal connection uh, of, of the content of the play. Um, Kevin. See, I was torn because like, I agree with a lot of what Nikisha and Aaron have said, um, but I also just kind of wanted her to just do the whole thing. One woman on stage and just like, 
embraced everything she was saying and just do it as her. And like, I get that it gave her a little bit of a breather and a break and stuff. So like, I get why it came in. I think it's a beautiful part of the play. Like it still totally works, but like I was left wanting like those five minutes or seven minutes, whatever he talked, I wanted more of her. I wanted more of her story. I loved the way she was a story, like you storytelling. And I thought that like, at a certain point, I felt like he should have disappeared into the darkness. And then like, it should have just been her one woman show. And then he should have come back still in the same character to do the debate that the two of them, like that her and like the new, like the one of the girls was doing. So he should have moderated as the moderator from her high school kind of thing instead of like breaking character and telling a story. Like I think I think her message was strong enough that she didn't need another voice. But I think it was a nice voice to compliment what she was saying. Kimberly? Um, I agree with Nikisha that I thought he was like cut off kind of short. Even the second time, maybe even more the second time, I was like, that's the end? Like, it didn't feel like that was the ending of story. Um, thinking back on how he was used when he was in costume of her, like, debate coach, judge man, um, I really like the way he was utilized as the male energy in that he comes in um, and gives rules and structure mm. for the woman on stage. And then mm -hmm. she ignores, doesn't, ignores, doesn't, and then steamrolls right over and says, you know what, let's just be, both be ourselves. And then he gets to take off this costume that society has given him or that the playwright has given him of that and then oh. just be like, oh, I'm also this. Um, and I thought that that was a really great use of male energy instead of just being like, we need the man on stage for the rules. I like that take. Can also be the man that doesn't want the rules. Um, I like that I also, take a lot. Good job. I also, there are two things also I thought also found it. I, I think it was, for me, I saw it as she's only telling one story and he was kind of there as like a teaser for like, other stories but like that's not what this play is talking about but like you know like if you're writing a paper you need like a high school paper like you have like five paragraphs your intro your your conclusion and then your three paragraphs are like three things that prove your thesis or your point i feel like he was just another like paragraph in that that was not completed mm -hmm. because she because it's just a whole other avenue so i i thought that did supplement what she was talking about but also what i found very fascinating is and the camera always picked this up is that she looked at him a lot. lot. Um, and yeah. I, 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 I think that was just, for me, it was just like, it grounded her like as an actress to like look at someone who's reacting as opposed to like, I, I think that like, that's how I took it as, but um, um, I think that there are, um, there are many ways and, and things uh uh, uh, to justify kind of why she made that that choice throughout the the performance. Yeah. Well, she stopped looking at him when she be, when he became himself, right? Yeah. Because that was no. an intentional. Like, no, no, she kept no. She, she did. Did she? Yeah, she kind of did. I think she just. I think this was just such a deeply emotional journey that like she was scared to be by herself on stage. 
Mm-hmm. Like she needed somebody to like, she wrote in a character to be there so that she could have some other breathing body on stage. I, I get it. It's, it's like a really yeah. kind of sweet thing. I'll also go back to it not being sweet. Can you hear my husband yelling in the background? Yes. Cool. I'm going to text him to stop doing that. Um, Jay Schmidt. Hold on. Um, well, while she's doing that, we should visit Friday's in the corner with Kevin. Today, 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 today. I forgot that that's where the new theme song went. That's what? why I got <laughs> muted at the beginning. Oh, oh I was just going to say that, um, I don't know what just happened, but I will say that I think going back to my point of him being the male authority figure overarching when she was looking at him a lot in the beginning, I think it is that we are raised to know that we are always being observed. Um, and that we need to check in and make sure that what is usually a male authority figure in our lives says we're okay. And so that's a lot of times when she was checking in, I was just like, oh, she's like, am I good good on time? Am I like... Yeah. Well, yeah, but I I think that's interesting. And then it turned into a friendship. Right, right. I think the evolution of what you said into what Kevin said was like like super fascinating in terms of how the play goes. Um, But Kevin, take it away. Uh, Welcome to Kevin's Corner where... This week, we're going to do a fun little take on... um, So I know that I'm a part of this movie group because I'm like the set dressing because I'm beautiful. Right, right, totally. I'm really interested in sets. So I noticed on this set, there were all these photos of all these people. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go around and each are going to create our own wall of heroes. So um, each of you are going to get to pick six photos that would be behind you when you were giving a speech about like something you passionately believed in. And I have like requirements of what each of those photos has to be of. <laughs> so we'll, we'll make this work. There are um, requirements? Well, it's like, like categories to like help you like filter who you would pick. Yeah, I will say it. now that Above your six picture, like your six photos that you're picking, is a giant picture of your close family. So, like, you don't have to use like a, a family member or feel bad about uh, using family. Like, this is just kind of like heroes. But if you want to use a family member, you can't. Just letting you know you have that out if you don't use the family members. Um, okay, so we'll start with uh, Mr. Aaron Avano. Oh, God. Um, um, so your first picture has to be of a fictional character. Oh, okay. Um, wait, okay, question. Is, are these pictures strictly... Because in the, in the play, they started heroes, but they were just, like, people Brand that she, man. like... They were, met, like, men that she ended up having very complicated relationships to their authority and imposing status. It's just a wall of heroes. So you're just picking the people who are like your heroes. Okay. Um, Fictional character? Mm -hmm. For number one. I'll say currently She-Ra. I love that show on Netflix right now. Yes, it's great. Okay. Okay. Uh, The second one 
is uh, an athlete. Oh, goodness. Um, um, I'd say Tom Daly from the Olympics. Oh, he's so hot. Okay. Um, he's also very good at diving. Oh, that's cool, too. But he's... Um, the next one is the hero <laughs> of the eyes. This is somebody who's a filmmaker, a, uh, what did I write? A painter, a dancer, a model, someone who is like visually, aesthetically a hero. Like in terms of their work, like, like, like the gift of what they've created is aesthetically pleasing to me or... Like, they're people who create visual art media. Yes. Like, yes. Um. Huh. I would say... Oh, gosh, this is hard. Um. Well, it's good because you're giving everyone else time to figure out their answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kevin knows. Um. You're just a scapegoat, my friend. There's actually a like, like an Instagram artist that I like that okay. has done a lot of fan art for various stuff. Oh, actually, no, I lie. Let's go back. Um, also, an Instagram artist that I discovered, but they do um, custom Funko Pops for Broadway characters. Um, and they've been very cool and I've like lost myself in their Instagram a lot. So Amber Kempter of Broadway goes of Broadway pop. They were at Broadway con last year. They were. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, the next one is ears, a hero of the ears, someone who makes music, someone who does rhythmic dance or gives speeches or comedy. I would link into this one as well. Can I be cheesy? Yes. Nakisha Williams. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. And who, that's like, that's like, well, now does she have to like, like, no, give you the same amount that you gave for her wedding for your wedding? Like, come on. No. It's just going to cancel each other out. No. <laughs> okay. He picked Nakisha. And then, mm-hmm. um, I, you kind of ruined it for yourself because the next one is a contemporary of yours that you admire. Admire. I said that weird. <laughs> admire. Admire. I mean, I can, I have multiples of those too. Um, I would say my friend Ryan Steele from We Did Newsies Together. He's possibly one of my favorite dancers in the city, in the industry. And then the last, the last one is a, a wild card. Just in general? You can pick anything. Wild card, last one. And is, Bandit, go, is Bandit already included in my, um, in my family? Picture. But if you don't pick a wild card in five seconds, it's me. Five, <laughs> four, <laughs> three, two, one. Kevin's on my wall. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom. Okay, so Nikisha and I are sitting pretty on your wall. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to Brian. Okay. Fictional character. 
Atticus Finch. Oh, that's a good one. Um, athlete. This was hard. I think. I know it's like, do you pick Dominique Dawes or Dominique Mociano? Like, yeah, both it's, are it's very good options. Both are very um, good. Uh, I would go with Mike Piazza. Catcher for baseball people. That's good. Yes, uh, I got it. Yeah. For the New York Mets. Yes. Boom! Okay. Um, eyes. Soy mask. Uh, David Lean, director. Lawrence okay. of Arabia, um, Dr. Zhivago, um, Passage didn't to India. Didn't you watch Lawrence of Arabia, the tapes backwards your first time? That is true. I did, yes. <laughs> you watched tape two and then tape one. Didn't make any sense, but it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> uh, ears. Uh, Paul McCartney. Of the Beatles fame? Yes. Okay. Um, and the last one, uh, or a contemporary of yours? Um, Let's see how many balls I can get on. <laughs> um, uh, this is hard, because there's a lot of people, but also... Um, and all named Kevin Shaker, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, uh, uh, you could be. I'm, I'm going to do a picture of you, me, and Jay. Okay. How, is that is that cheating? Uh-huh. No, that's fine. At Showplace. Okay, that's fine. Does that count for contemporary? Yeah, that's my contemporary. So you also are yourself for contemporary? <laughs> no, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. Okay. <laughs> good save. Good save. Good save. Right, your wild card. Five. So, Four. So I I, 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 for some reason, this came to my head at first. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that what he, what he did under the circumstances that he was under, and the amount of people that he impacted by the stories that he chose to tell, is a is 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 absolutely beautiful and and terribly sad at the same time. But like he just he just changed the game for so many people because he he made good decisions and all the stories that we hear about him now, unfortunately after um, are just like, tr- they really affect me the way that he just like opened up movies and, and telling the stories like Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, um, just like in addition to being, um, you know, the black Panther King of Wakanda, like that is all that story, just especially in today's world, like, when people really feel marginalized, like it's such a beautiful thing. Boom. That's a good choice. All right, Kimberly, let's see how you fare with your wall. Okay. Fictional character. Hermione Granger. I like she could stop now. That's perfect. You nailed it. <laughs> um, your athlete. Um, Chelsea Memel, who is currently... Um, almost 10 years after her initial turn at the Olympics is training to go back to Tokyo as Work. a mother of two. Whoa. Work. I recommend following her journey. Uh, hero of your eyes. This is just someone whose things I like to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like a filmmaker, a painter, a dancer, somebody who like visually is stunning, but not just looks like what they create. 
Um, Robin Herder. Work. There. Here. Her Instagram cooking <coughs> shows. <laughs> and her dances. Ears. Lizzo. Okay. And uh, a contemporary viewers? Um, random, but the first person that popped into my mind. Um, also a good Instagram follow is Katie Oxman. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, she does the social media for scenery bags, but also um, is just a very colorful Instagram feed. She's yeah. a great like Broadway fan to follow. She was in last year's radio play. She was. Um, my conference. And then a wild card. And I can't say Jay. He's on I mean, your family wall. He's on your family wall. Or picture. married into it. Five, <laughs> four, three, two. My friend Emily Marshall. Oh, that's a good one. Female music directors. I love that. Yeah. Uh, you're in my family picture. What? You're in my family picture, so I couldn't pick you. Right. I mean, totes. Okay. I'm just trying to get as many walls as possible. Uh, as, as many times as possible. <laughs> as many times. Cool. Uh, Ready. Uh, all right, here we go. Fictional character. Okay. Either Storm from X-Men. She's or, a wonderful. <laughs> or uh, Xena, warrior princess. Mm. Yes. Gotta love a Lucy Lawless. Uh, athlete. Um, so... I recently got into Heidi Moneymaker because she is the stunt woman for Black Widow. And she is in her 40s and is like stellar. She's fantastic. Uh, So I would would say her. Amazing. Um, Hero of your eyes. uh, I am obsessed with Van Gogh. I love all of his paintings. And but also Jordan Peele because his movies are fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one. Ears, Beyonce, every day, all day, forever. <laughs> uh, contemporary, Michelle Obama. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, wild card, Viola Davis. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I will say, let me just throw in there because I was going to say this at the top. Aaron is already part of my family picture, so I don't. Oh. Have Mm-hmm. So Kevin, it's your turn. Oh, is everyone else gone? Yes. Yeah. So Kevin, who's your fictional character? Oh, okay. Um, Not think about this. No, no. I, I honestly didn't, but I'll just jump into it. Uh, my fictional character would be um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Ah. Okay. No pants. Good picture. Yeah, exactly. Nice um, uh, athlete. Uh, my athlete would be uh, Joe the Weatherman Morofsky. Work! That's who, a good one. Uh, American Ninja Warrior because he's been on for a really long time. He's a stand-up guy. He's really good. And I always cheer for him. He's one of my favorites. Um, eyes. Visual artist. Uh... Mine would honestly be uh, Baz Luhrmann because I just think that a lot of the stuff he does is just so visually stunning and just like really remarkable. Um, ears. Uh, Sarah Bareilles all day, every day. Oh yeah, and that's a good one. Animal for life. 
Um, uh, contemporary. Uh, contemporary who I want to shout out would be, um, uh, Mo Brady, because he does a lot of really awesome stuff and he like, he is such an active champion for other people's voices and for voices that aren't often heard. And that's a really beautiful thing. So I'll give a shout out to Mo Brady. Great one. Um, And then wild card. Uh, My wild card. Five, four, three, two. (laughs) Fine, that's not Brian. But like black. (laughs) But like black turtleneck, like cut yeah. long hair, like yeah. I the world because I'm better like long cigarette Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, Sebastian like, Stam Stephen Sondheim. Sebastian <laughs> Stam Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Sondheim. I forgot. I forgot about that. Man, we uh-huh. are. What are we? D. What are, DTP. DTP. And these deep theater people have made it through Kevin's corner. Yay. Yay! Wait, I forgot um, about American Ninja Warrior people. Um, okay. So before we before we play our Patreon game, um, I just want to go around, and we didn't talk about the final debate yet in this. Um, or are we just all say if we'd abolish it or not? Yep, that's exactly what I want you to do. I want to go around, and I want you to just say which side you are on with one sentence. Um, I will. I will start. And then call the person that you love the most. <laughs> <laughs> the person who you feel you truly have loved. So I, I will go first. Um, and I will say that I think that we should not abolish the Constitution because in re- I'm too cynical to believe that we could write a Constitution that would not be affected by lobbyists and things of that nature. Um, I just don't believe that to be true. I think that, um, uh, so that's, that's, that's why I think that it's better to do amendments and try and work through it as opposed to start from scratch because I don't trust people. Thank you, Senator. That's your time. Um, we'll go ahead and move on to the rebuttal from uh, the Senator from uh, New Hampshire, Mr. Albano. I'm from New Hampshire work. Uh, I don't know. It's actually, inter- I can't wait for you three to watch the other debate. Mm, because sure. It throws me off. Like, I thought I knew what I thought. And then watching it again, watching, like, A, this other debater be equally compelling on the other side of it. <laughs> and then mm. watching Heidi be equally compelling on the other side of what she was. It's great. Sure. Any case. This is your 15-second my- time warning. Oh, my... I'm just gonna keep talking. Just let, that's the way. Um, I yeah, no fil- my time. Reclaiming my time. Um, Reclaiming my time. <laughs> but um, I think uh, five. I think the biggest. Four. I think I'd vote to a based on that the the Rosdelli um, debate. I'd vote to abolish because her biggest point that rang to me was her climate change point is that we don't have like, we just need to a whole new one because how long is it going to take to make a climate change amendment? We just need to go from scratch. Nikisha, this, uh, the Senator from uh, New Jersey. 
Right. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for my time. I would like to agree with Brian in the fact that we should just keep the Constitution and have the amendments because of the point that Heidi made of it um, extinguishing rights for a lot of people and um, extinguishing a lot of hard work that people have died for. So I think that adding amendments would be the best bet. Thank you. Wow, really within your time. Very respectful. Thank you, Senator from New Jersey. Um, uh, down south in Florida. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Senator from Florida. I don't even know what a constitution is. <laughs> I thought constitution was when you couldn't go to the bathroom that gave you pills. We didn't have a constitution no more. I was kind of doing a voice early. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Um, I would vote to abolish the Constitution because then we can all live like Lord of the Rings and I vote to be an elf. And I think that that would be really cool to start paying each other with like rocks and stuff instead of like bank accounts and money. Totally. Thank you, Senator from Florida. Um, Senator from her birth state of Michigan, uh, would you uh, would you please uh, you have the floor? Sure, absolutely. Super uh, Schmidt. Super Schmidt, that's me. Um, I again, the debate was so hard because they are both very good at their jobs. Very. Um, but yeah, I probably would have voted to keep um, because it will take just as long to pass new amendments as it would to rewrite an entire constitution. And there's a reason that you can look back at the history of the country while you are still fixing it. But we pass the Equal Rights Amendment. One state left. <laughs> Go with me on this. What if we create an eight-week TV show <laughs> where celebrities from the 80s and early 90s have eight weeks to draft the new constitution. <laughs> then there's a timeline. People will be into it because there's celebrities like Clarissa on it. Like, I'm not sure if Nikisha is into this idea or fully against <laughs> this idea. No, Nikisha's on board. Nikisha co-signed on this. Well, Nikisha the host? Yes, as long as I'm the host and Beyonce is one of the celebrities that I <laughs> Well, on that note, on that note, let's play a game. Uh, so, for those of you um, who are watching us on uh, Patreon, or Kimbo's going to lead us through an awesome game. For those of you listening to us in the main feed, uh, we're going to skip right to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, for our N, and then we'll do some N rankings. Um, uh, I think Kevin's dancing to like N ranking. Um, <laughs> oh yes, of course. Final thoughts and your Rotten Tomatoes pick. Anyone? Okay. Anyone? Uh, final thoughts. It was great. I think a lot of more people should have been able to see the show. Um, and I would give it a 94. Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Um, Aaron. I'm scared my final thought is might reopen like might reopen discussion but 
Not if we don't. Not if we don't. <laughs> not if we don't discuss. Great. Awesome. Like. Shoot everyone, Brian. Let Aaron talk. The fascinating. One of the most like um, haunting thoughts after watching it, especially the second time, is the idea of how people treat and how people revere the Constitution and how they uphold it as hard as they can without even necessarily understanding it or learning about it is very reminiscent to the way a lot of Americans treat the Bible. And it's scary. Sure. Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes is 97. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kevin. Uh... Solid play, solid message, intense, but glad I watched. And I will say Rotten Tomatoes is 91. And Kimberly. (laughs) You're on mute. You're muted. I did not do it, just for the record. (laughs) No, I did it because there was a really loud car outside my window. (laughs) And it went away and I forgot to unmute. Um, I... (laughs) very much enjoyed watching it. It made me really miss being in a theater to experience something um, that would change you and experience that with more, with people around you um, is something I miss very much. And I think it has a 99. Okay. Um, um, my last thought is something we actually didn't talk about yet. Um, out of 183 performances, 57 of those performances wanted to abolish it. 123 wanted to keep it, and three were ties. Um, I thought that was fascinating. Kevin and I separately have talked about like shows that could potentially pull an audience, and then like based on kind of whatever it's presented, like who did it or like what did you think the outcome was, and, like see what people thought is like a fascinating thing. Um, and then what I also before I call on Aaron. Um, what I also found fascinating, I'm going to share my screen for a second, um, yes. was this at yes. one minute, excuse me, one hour, 41 minutes and two seconds. Um, I really stared at this for a long time where it, it takes the debate stats, um, keep or abolish who was defending which position and, um, who won those, um, was fascinating to see that the debaters, to keep the constitution had like an overwhelming majority. Um, so that's kind of the broken down stats from the 57, 123, and three. I, th- I, I thought that was super fascinating. I love seeing that information. Um, uh, and before I say what it is, Aaron. Um, so I, cause after the first time I saw it, um, my, old producer of Spelling Bee was also a producer on this show. Mm-hmm. And after all of it, I texted him and bombarded him with questions about the show. But one of them was about the debates. And I asked him, A, was it always these two, like, pro, pro-abolish op-keep? But then he said there was, no, it was any which way. Like, any which way was possible. They did four different versions of the debate. And then, but then I asked him how, how did it fare generally? Like, whichever one the kid like argued was that usually how the audience went? And he was like, it varied, but yes, 
basically. Like yeah. the audience generally went for the kid. But then I asked about like the three who the three who ended up being Thai. I was like, how did that even work? And the audience straight up was like, like I guess there was one woman who was like, I feel like I need to poll the audience mm. or else it won't be fully democratic. Uh, like, so refused to make a decision. And there were a couple, the three that were like that were variations on, we don't want to make a decision. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. Any mm-hmm. other tidbits, any fun facts that you got from your, your friend? Um, it's interesting because I asked, I was like, if you, because I, I honestly asked like how the debates went and it was very, it was like, because we were also just talking, it's very reminiscent of Spelling Bee where like the talking points are all pretty much the same on any which way they do it. Like when you watch the second debate, a lot of the, the talking points are very similar on the cards, but they're mm-hmm. able to um, argue them however they want. But like the points will, so the, like the cards, I don't know if it's on the cards, but like the points are similar, but the freedom is in how they debate, cool. which was really cool. Yeah. Well, this production on Rotten Tomatoes has a 100%. Nice. Uh, so Kimberly with 99 uh, won that one. Um, um, there is no, uh, there is no consensus. It's 15, it's 17 uh, critics, um, but there's no actual overall consensus for it, um, but it has a hundred percent. But more importantly, Kevin, uh, can you tell us about how we rank movies? Why, of course, I'd love to tell you about it. So we did this really great movie thing where we rank with and ranking. So we use the numbers one, two, and three. And one is like, wow, that movie was just brilliant. And two is like, all right, that movie was all right. And three was like, great, that movie was great. But it was not that great because my food is here. And then there's a plus or a minus. And the plus is like, hey! And the minus is like, boo! So it's like that. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was outrageous. Um, delivery man heard walking up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Um, my food right. delivery guy just goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Who wants, to, uh, who wants to go first? One plus for sure for me. I give it a one. Solid one. All right. Kimberly? Because I watched it twice. Kevin? Damn. A three minus to just yeah. mess the great games. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a it's it's a one plus. Uh, yeah, I'm also giving it a one plus. I, I I think what gave it the plus, honestly, is what Kimberly said early on. I really felt like I was sitting in the theater. It made as close as possible with a live cap, and that really that put it over the edge for me, um, yeah. for sure. Um, uh, so that we're saying that's a one plus. Yep. All right. So that makes it a film. Congratulations to what the Constitution means film. to me. You are a film. film. Um, and you join film. other films. You join other films such as Mary Poppins, Aladdin, Hairspray, The Muppet Movie, The Muppet's Christmas Carol, Center Stage, Fiddler on the Roof, Eurovision, Cinderella, The Brandy Version, Waiting for Guffman, Singing in the Rain, Little Shop of Horrors, and finally, What the Constitution Means to Me. Does anything have a perfect score? 
Uh, yes. Um, let's see what has a perfect score. Muppet Christmas uh, Carol. Muppet Christmas, Christmas Carol work. Muppet Christmas Carol is the only thing with a true perfect score. Unless Nikisha yeah. wants to come in with a differing opinion. I'm good. <laughs> we can give it. That <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, next week is going to be Halloween. So um, we're going to be watching Hocus Pocus and The Worst Witch. Um, so um, spooky stuff. Again? What? Where can we watch The Worst Witch? Uh, YouTube. Netflix. YouTube. Uh, okay. Hocus Pocus is Disney Plus. The Worst okay. Witch is on YouTube. Okay. Um, so that's where you can check those out. We'll tweet all that information. Um, thank you all for joining us again. You can find um, what the Constitution means to me on Amazon. Um, and don't forget to what do you say? Please do. Yeah, please watch it. And then uh, more importantly, uh, vote. Uh, make your plan. Go out and vote. Vote early. Vote on time. Just don't vote after you're supposed to vote because then it won't be voting. Um, <clears throat> but do that. Um, again, you can go to vote. I think it's vote.org um, to uh, check out your status and where you would vote, all that fun stuff. Um, um, so do that. Um, you can find us uh, uh, at Broad Wasted on social media, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter. Um, you can join our Facebook group. Kevin runs that. We do some theater nerdy stuff. Um, for those of you on uh, Patreon, hi. 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 Um, but if, for those of you who want to join our Patreon, just go to patreon.com backslash Broad Wasted. Tons of fun stuff there, um, including videos of things like this. And then we do some other really fun stuff throughout the, each month. Um, and uh, of course, you can find us on every everything from Stitcher to Spotify to, of course, um, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. Thank you. Um, and then we end every episode with a quote. And Thank Kevin you. and I, we're on the same page, Kevin. Um, I'm going to send your vote to college when you vote for president. And if you let me share some knowledge, you'll understand this big event. The folks who wrote our constitution had this idea for a plan and it's been using our elections since our government began. Uh, it's called, I'm going to send your vote to college about the electoral college. That is schoolhouse rock. Um, and just another reminder to vote because your vote counts a lot. Um, uh, but thank you all for joining us um, again, Halloween next week. Um, but as we raise our glasses, we end every episode with a big Cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.